like a babe when it cries for its mother. <clears throat> like a child, I was helpless all alone. Then I met the master. Now I am one of his own. For all things were changed when he found me, and a new day broke out all around me. blind man who walks in the darkness. I had longed, I had searched for the light. Then I met the master. Now I walk no more in the night. found me and a new day broke out all around me then I met the master now I belong to him yes I trust you belong to the master today. Amen. Amen. The Lord knows those who are his. Amen. Amen. That's good. Well, let's go ahead and take our Bibles today. Turn over to the book of John. John chapter 19 this morning. John chapter 19. <clears throat> I know I received those watches the other day, but I don't have it quite ready yet. Secondly, I found that the band doesn't fit. I'm so massive, so strong that the band won't fit around my wrist, and so I have to go back to Apple and uh, get another one, probably modified specifically for me, <clears throat> so we'll see what they can do about that, but nonetheless, <clears throat> we still have the big clock, and so it works out fine, and we'll be okay. John chapter 19, verse 23, John chapter 19, verse 23. Please don't uh, text me by accident today as you text your friends and family in the services because uh, mine will vibrate and the whole pulpit will shake. <clears throat> John chapter 19, verse 23. Tremendous passage as we look at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Chapter 19, verse 23. Wherefore then gavest not thou... Uh, let's see, I'm in Luke... Told you it's been one of those days, trust me. It's 
then one of those days, all right? I can't wait to pray. John chapter 19, verse 23. <clears throat> then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat it was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rent it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now, it's not saying that the soldiers went, wow, you know, before we tear that garment up, let's remember the prophecy. We want to fulfill the, That's not what it's talking about here. It's saying that they did that, whether they realized it or not, to fulfill the prophecy. Notice what he goes on to say, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, <clears throat> when I stopped for just a moment and I said, as reading the passage, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, I stopped and paused a moment and I heard, you knew what was coming, didn't you? You knew that that was what he would say. You knew that that was the next line. You realized and remembered from your past studies and what you'd heard in your Sunday school classes and in a number of messages through the years that Jesus hung on Calvary and said, It is finished. Sherry and I had only been married a year when we headed down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I had a friend down there that uh, lived in South Carolina. He didn't live at the beach, but he lived at South Carolina, and they, he and his family had a trailer on the beach. And uh, we were able to stay there that year, and it was a wonderful place to go. It was a nice place to be, and we headed down um, in my red Ford Escort. And of course, in that day, I didn't have air conditioning or any other type of luxury. I mean, it was, you know, the hand Roll, roll your windows up and down by hand. And it was just a very basic, very simple car. It was a nice car, though. It got us where we needed to go. And it was a, uh, actually a car that I bought brand spanking new probably three or four years earlier when I was headed to uh, home from Germany and I was headed to Oklahoma in the military. And so I bought a brand new car, the first brand new car I've ever owned and the last. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> so I had that red Ford Escort. And so we came out of the mountains, so what I'm saying to you young men is if you want anything in life, do it before you're married, otherwise you'll never get it. But anyway, <laughs> as, we, as we, we came out of the mountains there in Virginia down into North Carolina, 
we're met with the hot sun. And I mean, it was baking. And we arrived in Charlotte, North Carolina, not too long afterwards. And in those days, uh, Route 77 did not continue down south. I mean, there was, there was I mean, there, you had to, in order to get where we were going, we had to literally get off the highway and go through the city. And it was different in those days. And again, it's been a number of years ago. And uh, so I still remember getting off of the highway. And again, construction was taking place. So they were in the process of kind of doing what they now have in existence. But we got off that highway that day. And I mean to tell you, we were met with construction. And we, uh, I mean, terrible traffic. I mean, just bumper to bumper, standstill traffic. And the heat was literally, it was horrendous. It was in the 90s already. And we usually, we go in May, and yet it was already in the 90s, and the sun was beating down upon us. And I still remember uh, just sitting in the car with the windows down and, you know, sucking in carbon monoxide and, and wiping my hair off my face as it stuck to it. And my wife, of course, looked like Cousin It. And, uh, you know, just, it was just so repulsive and so ridiculous and, we were miserable there in that car, and I still am so grateful for the Red Escort, but no air conditioning and no air moving and the sun beating down upon that red car, and it was just like we were in an oven baking. Well, it was so miserable there. And again, it was miserable not only because it was so hot, it was miserable because we couldn't move, and oh my, it was just something we've never, ever forgotten. We arrived down finally at Myrtle Beach, and when I get to what basically was a trailer park where the trailer was parked there on the the beach there, uh, I realized I did not have the pass. You needed a a, a pass to get into the park, and I didn't have that pass. So I I, I drove out of the, 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 the entrance of the park, and I ran down the street to the Holiday Inn, and there at the Holiday Inn, I pulled in the driveway, and I jumped out of the car and I said, Sherry, you can just stay here and I'll, I'll have to run down to the beach and over there, all down the beach to the, to the uh, uh, trailer park and then to the trailer. And I, I believe they, they said there was a key for us. And so we made, I made my way down there. And of course, you know, you're getting sand in your shoes and it was just messy. Finally made it to the trailer and found the key. Finally got in and saw the pass and then back out the door, down uh, the, 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 the drive all the way to the beach, finally get to the beach, all the way down the beach, to the Holiday Inn, out the Holiday Inn and through the, the, the parking lot, finally to the car. Whew. We arrived. We finally pulled in to the trailer. What a journey. What a journey that was. What a trip. You know, we're blessed to read about the cross. And you know, in the life of the believer, there cannot go a day when we fail to remember the ultimate sacrifice that was made for you and I there by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You want to talk about a journey. That was a journey. And this morning, I just want to simply talk very quickly about the road to the cross. The road to the cross. I mean, just the road down to that beachfront, just the road down to that trailer was bad enough, but can you imagine the road to the cross? Boy, there's so many ways we could go with this, but today I just want to note a couple of thoughts as we go along here this morning. And so before we do, let's have a quick word of prayer. Father, we come to you. We want to thank you for just the privilege that we have to gather here today. And 
Lord, thank you for just the opportunity to proclaim your word and to be able to, Father, lift you off the pages and present you to men and women, boys and girls. And Lord, I don't take that lightly, and I thank you for it. Lord, I pray that you'd prepare my heart. I, I know that, Father, you, you put this thought on my heart and mind, and I pray, Lord, that it would be one that would truly make a difference in the life of every person represented. And I just ask, dear God, that once again you would be magnified, that you'd be exalted and glorified. You're so worthy. Lord, we thank you again for providing us with the hope of salvation, for eternal life. Thank you for your son. And thank you for the journey that he made. And Lord, thank you for the opportunity for us to make that same journey to the cross. We love you. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen. We think of the road to the cross. And again, as I said, we could take a number of paths or a number of roads uh, and go a number of directions with this type of theme. But the road to the cross, I believe, first of all, was filled with difficulty. It was filled with difficulty. Take your Bibles and turn over to the book of Matthew chapter 8 today. Matthew chapter 8. We know that when he arrives at the cross, there's a number of issues there. We realize that he had already gone through the mock trial and he had had the thorn of crowns placed upon his head, that he had had the cat of nine tails pulled and ripped and torn across his back. We know that he had been mocked and maligned and mistreated. We realize that he had been blinded and blindfolded, if you will, or, uh, and then beaten by the soldiers. We, we know that the journey was very difficult at that point, but it wasn't comfortable or convenient along the way even. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, And Jesus saith unto him, the foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. We know that the accommodations were certainly less than heaven. We know that they were not the most plush and the nicest. We know that Jesus Christ made a journey that ultimately ended at Calvary, but that journey was filled with difficulty. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1, not only did he face some inconvenience, not only did he face some discomfort, but we see in Matthew 4, 1, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. We know that he had an adversary, just like you and I have an adversary. And it was the adversary made it extremely difficult on Jesus and tempted him over and over again. In Luke chapter 19, verse 47, the Bible says, And he taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the, of the people sought to destroy him. We know that they ultimately wanted his life. They did not appreciate his stand. They did not uh, uh, enjoy the fact that he said, I am God, the Son of God. Uh, if you've seen my Father, you, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. I and my Father are one. I am. They didn't like that at all. And as a result of that, it made the pathway, the journey, extremely difficult for the Lord Jesus Christ. The road to the cross was filled with difficulty. Satan, the great distractor, the great discourager, society itself, and even friends and family 
They'll seek to make your road to the cross difficult too at times. In 2 Corinthians, turn there if you would please, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. The road to the cross. Filled with difficulty. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'll tell you what, there's no journey to the cross that is without difficulty. It doesn't matter whether you're a child or whether you're an adult. The fact is today is that there's going to be some difficulty along the way. You're going to have to face the, the opposition of Satan. You're going to have to deal with the, 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 the disgust of society. The fact is, is that society today will not pat you on the back for a personal faith in Christ. If anything, they'll accuse you. They're not happy with you when you make a decision to walk according to the Word of God, to take a stance politically that is incorrect. They're not necessarily going to be happy for you. Then also realize, too, that even as Jesus said in John 1.11, he came, or as, as it says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. I want you to realize that your journey to the cross today could be filled with some opposition from even family and friends. Well, that's a hard pill to swallow, but it is a reality. You know, again, the, 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 the road to the cross was filled with difficulty. Not only that, but the road to the cross was followed with death. It's followed with death. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 19. Jesus faced so many obstacles along the way. The road to the cross, without a doubt, filled with difficulty. But also it was followed with death. John chapter 19, verse 23. The Bible says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified him, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. The coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. Notice, when they had crucified him. In John 19, 30, it says, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The cross, I mean, the, the journey to the cross, the road to the cross was filled with difficulty. But that wasn't where it ended. It, it ended there at the cross, and it was followed with death. I mean, that's what Christ had to look forward to as He made that journey, as He followed along uh, that road. He knew where it would end. It would end at a cross. It would end in death. You know that if you take a journey to the cross, it ends in death for you too. I mean, it's, excuse me, followed with death. It's followed with death. Oh yeah, that, that, that journey, that road is difficult, but it will be followed with death. Look, if you would, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We see the Apostle Paul here, and he's speaking to the church at Galatia, and he makes a statement, one that would live on, for eternity. And again, we understand that he's under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We know that this is God's word, not just simply the words of a man. But he's given the Apostle Paul these words. And the Apostle Paul states 
and says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Right off the bat, he says, listen, I am crucified with Him. What's he saying? I died with Him. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? He died with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 tells us that we're buried with Him in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 8, not only do we find the fact that we died with Jesus Christ on Calvary, not only do we realize that the, the person we were is no longer in existence, it is dead and gone. So you're not that man, not that woman you were before you came to the cross. When you made that journey, yes indeed, there's no doubt that it was filled with difficulty, but may I say, it was followed with death. When you arrived there at Calvary and received and accepted Jesus Christ, you died that day with Him. Right, amen. The old you no longer exists. The old you, gone forever. Gone forever. Amen. And in Colossians chapter 3, turn if you would please there, Colossians 3 verse 8. As a result of having that new man, that new nature, if you will, that God-man, Jesus living in us, Christ in us. Notice what he tells us and teaches us in Colossians 3, 8 through 10. But now ye also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. The old you is dead. And have put on the new man, which was renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. When you take that journey, that road to the cross, just like Jesus Christ, I promise you, it is followed with death. You die and are raised, as we'll find in just a moment, to walk in newness of life. The road to the cross was filled with difficulty. It was followed with death, but it finishes with delight. Look, if you will, in 2 Corinthians 5.17 again. Again, so you died that day. You died that day. But I was only 5. I was only 8. I was only 12. I was only 13. It doesn't matter. You died that day. But I was 35, you died. No, I didn't, I'm still living. No, you may be physically alive, but in a sense, your spirit, who you used to be, the person you were, is dead today. You are a new person. Notice what he says here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now listen, if you had uh, owned a, 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 you know, if you, you per recently purchased a brand new car and you, you, I mean, maybe it's an, a Lexus or maybe it's a Mercedes Benz or maybe it's one of those really expensive cars and you got saved and you owed $30,000 on that car. You are a new person, my friend. You still owe 30000 <laughs> But you're a new person. So it didn't change the fact that you still owe somebody a lot of money. 
It doesn't uh, change the fact that you're still in the marriage that you're in and you still have the family you have and you still have the job that you possess and you still have some of the problems that you had. My friend, let me tell you, that didn't change. You're still in the midst of a mess because of the sin that you, the sinner you were. Let me tell you something. You are a new creature and the Bible says that you, the old things are passed away. Now, you don't have to be bound by your past, and you don't have to be bound by your sin. You don't even have to be bound by yourself or your upbringing. You are a new creature. You are able to overcome and have victory in your life. Someone says, you don't know where I came from, and you don't know what I've had to endure and what I've dealt with. It doesn't matter. You're not the same person you were. Amen. And I'll tell you what, this road to the cross, it finishes with delight. Oh, I know it's a little bit difficult along the way. And I know it's going to be hard to get to the cross. I know Satan's going to be battling you. I know society's going to oppose you. I realize family and friends may even stand in your way. But my friend, when you arrive there, all you have to look forward to is death. Oh, wow, that sounds great. But hold on. Let me tell you something. It finishes with delight. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, he's performing a good work in you. I didn't say it was going to be an easy work. A good work, though. It's a good thing to come to Calvary. It's a good thing to die with Jesus Christ. It's a good thing because... In the end, it brings great delight. Romans chapter 6, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the power, the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Man, we now have the ability with Christ living in us to obey the Word of God, to walk a new life, to be a new person, to experience good success, as Joshua tells us. Good success. Someone says, well, you know what? I'm a little concerned about coming to Christ. I'm a little bit nervous about being saved. I, I don't know what to expect. Let me tell you, I promise you, it's difficult to get there. Everybody, every, every person that's lost without Christ in his essence, every single demon in hell is always going to seek to keep you from the cross. Let me tell you something. When you arrive there, you have death to look forward to. But that's a good thing because with that death, it's followed with delight. A new creature, a new person, a new, a new king on the throne, and a new opportunity to overcome all vices and to deal with issues in your life and to ultimately have victory like never before. Jesus rose again. Three days he's buried. Three nights he's buried. And he was buried three days and three nights, not one and a half. He was buried and he rose again, the Bible tells us. Well, that was a wonderful day that day. Jesus, the grave couldn't hold him. He rose again. And may I say that when you take that difficult journey or that road to the cross, there's no doubt it's going to be followed with death. But my friend, mm -mm -mm. it finishes with delight. 
But finally, hold on. Before we close out, I, there was one more thought, though. That road to the cross, yes, filled with difficulty, followed with death, and finished with the light. But before we got to the end, before we even arrived there at Calvary, it was faced with decision. Jesus was faced with the decision. Do you realize that? That he was faced with the decision. Turn of you with the John chapter 10, would you please? John chapter 10, verse 18. John chapter 10, verse 18. Begin in verse 17 instead, when the Lord Jesus Christ says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Listen, what we see here then is that that road to the cross was a choice. Jesus chose to go to Calvary. Jesus chose to allow them to put the nails in His hands and His feet. Jesus permitted them to put the crown of thorns on His head and to cover His face and to beat Him mercilessly. He allowed them to beat Him with that cat of nine tails and He permitted them to take Him down the road of Golgotha carrying a cross. He let it all happen. He chose it. May I say today that the road to the cross is a choice. You have to choose the cross. You don't just arrive at the foot of the cross. You don't just find yourself saved and forgiven. You don't just end up in the family of God. You must choose it. It's a choice you make and it's a choice I make. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us who are not willing, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. May I say that is a decision you must make yourself. If you're lost today without Jesus Christ, if you have never been born again, if you don't know what it means to have Christ living in you, may I say today that the road to the cross is filled with difficulty. Oh yeah, it's not going to be easy. You're going to stand in your seat in just a moment and the, 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 the invitation will be given and the devil, the, all the demons of hell will tell you to stay where you are. Don't leave your seat. Just hold on for dear life and just go back to the hellhole you live in. And may I say you are in the muck and the mire today and you are going to drown in your sin. Go to a place called hell. Don't you think for a moment that hell's going to be a party. Don't you think for a minute that it's going to be worth it all. The demons of hell, the society, and maybe even a family or friend may say, no, don't, no, 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 don't go forward. Just stay in your seat. May I say, friend, break free from that and be saved today. Oh, it's going to be filled with some difficulty. It's going to be followed with a death. Yeah, you can't be saved and you can't come to Christ and you can't have Jesus living in you and be the same. It's impossible. Impossible. Man, my whole life will change if I get saved. Absolutely. 
That's for sure. That's good, though. Aren't you sick of your life? Aren't you sick of being bound by your sin? Aren't you just tired of it all? Don't you realize what you're doing to the God who created you? Who wants so desperately to fellowship with you? To receive you unto himself? And to see you account to something in life for him? Yes, it's a difficult road. Filled with difficulties. Followed with death. But may I say, friend, it'll finish with delight. People may not understand you. They may not get why you all of a sudden want to be in the Word of God and you enjoy the house of God. And they may not understand why in the world you have a desire to learn about God. They may not figure it out, but may I say, friend, they'll see the joy in your life. They'll see it on your face and they'll recognize it. Because I'll tell you what, it's a good thing to be the child of God. We look at this world and we embrace it. It looks so good. It's so inviting. It's so good to us. You know, God gives us the church and He gives us our marriages. It's such a picture of what Christ and our relationship with Him ought to be and what heaven ought to be like. We live in this world and it's nothing but a picture of hell. And we accept it as wonderful. It's so good to us. Sin is so wonderful in our lives that even as believers, if we're not careful, we find ourselves embracing it, enjoying it, and encouraging others to get in it with us. That's a sad place to be as a believer. But may I say, guilty is charged often. Guilty is charged, my friend. We ought to hate sin. We ought to hate Satan. Because of what he does to our family, our friends, and our loved ones. And what he does to a world that's lost without him, without the Lord Jesus. And I'm telling you, that road to the cross for Jesus was filled with difficulty. Followed with death, but it finished with delight. And he made a decision, my friend. What decision will you make today? Will you choose him today? Will you choose to renounce your sin and turn to the Savior? Will you choose to turn from your father, the devil, and embrace your true, the Father in heaven? There are only two families in this world, Satan's and God's. We are born separated from God, therefore we are the children of Satan. You need to turn from him and turn to the Savior, Jesus Christ, today. There's a song, and we sing it often. It goes like this. There is a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. The chorus goes, In the sweet by and by we shall meet on the beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. The other verse says, We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits shall sorrow no more, not a sigh for the blessing of rest. 
Boy, in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. And you believe that today. You're lost today. I want you to understand there is a land that's fairer than day. I want you to know that by faith you can see it, experience it, and live in it one day. And not only that, but you can experience it on earth here in, in such a very powerful way. Renounce your allegiance to Satan, sin, and self, and turn to the Savior. Allow Christ to forgive you, save you, and take you into his family and give you that home in heaven. Listen, the road to the cross is faced with decisions. If you end up in hell, my friend, it'll be because you chose to. Not because any preacher wanted you to go there. Not because some father or mother treated you poorly. You will go there because you choose to go there. You will not go there because you grew up in a, a, a bad environment or possibly because you went to a horrible school. Maybe you had some bad friends or maybe even professors in college who taught you the wrong things. No, you will go there because you choose to. It is your decision, my friend. Take responsibility for your eternity today and for your relationship with the God who created you. Trust Him today. Receive Him and accept Him. And if for some reason this preacher stands between you and salvation because you don't like how I said something, then do away with me in your mind right now too and simply listen to the Holy Spirit of God who has pricked your heart and told you you're that sinner that Jesus died for and that you must choose Jesus today. Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, for your leadership and your love in our life. Father, the road to the cross was not an easy one.